Good morning from the DMV. It's Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise Week 8 with the boss BJ. Yo, what's up? And the big guy KG on this rainy and cold Sunday morning. Uh, we here to bring it to you all the way live and raw about the NFL. Um, and also pick some marquee games for the day. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. B, what's the biggest thing we got on our plate today? Well, the the biggest thing on the plate today is, of course, the, the 6-0, the last undefeated team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, playing some really, really good football right now. They got a big divisional matchup today. They're coming to Baltimore this rainy, cold DMV weather to take on the 5-1 and one Baltimore Ravens. That's a 1 p.m. game. And that is the biggest thing on the plate today. Um, I think the second biggest thing we, we're going to talk about is how the Dallas Cowboys tonight still have a chance to take over first place in the NFC East, if you can believe that. They're 2-5. and five. They play in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is 2-4-1. Uh, and uh, they have Ben DiNucci, the Cowboys do, as their starting quarterback. So um, we'll get into that. Um, what you got? What, what's on your agenda, KG? Well, of course, you know, it's uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Got to talk about that. That's a big thing. Um, looking at the schedule today, that whole Cowboys thing, you know, Ben DiNucci starting. I'm not even going to get into it, but that's the best option you could go with. If you you want to go with the emergency rookie and you're content with that, then that means you're content with not taking the dag on uh, the lead in the division. This division is wide open and you're, you're bullshitting. I'm just going to say it. So, um, <laughs> I, I just want to say this. The Falcons uh, oh, screwed us again oh. Thursday night by winning. The Falcons. <laughs> The Falcons started all the sideline junkies off 0-1 this week. All of us. Not not one person picked. Everybody picked the Falcons. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, everybody picked the Panthers and got roasted. The Falcons came through like they always do. It seems like since we've been doing this podcast, the Falcons have had their way with at least my picks. I can't speak for everybody else, but they've had their way with, with our picks, or my picks. I have, I'm i definitely under when it comes to picking the Falcons. I can, I can guarantee that. Well, they, 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 all, they seem to always uh, do a number on us. If you pick with them, they lose. You pick against them, they win. So damned if you do, damned if you don't when it comes to the Falcons. You don't pick them, they tie. It, it, it's it, it's just, you know, you just like you just throw your hands in the air when it's time to pick the Falcons. So, um, let's go to let's start off with the biggest bang up today, and I said that was Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. I want to give you some league rankings real quick. Um, both of these teams, surprisingly, I didn't think the the Steelers were this low, but both teams rank towards the bottom of the league in offense. The Steelers being twenty fourth. The Ravens come in at 28th offense. Now, here's where it gets spicy at. Pittsburgh boasts the number one defense in the league. 26 passing, 14th rushing. Um, the defense for the Ravens, number fifth. 32nd passing, third in rushing. So these these teams are what we call playoff-ready teams, Okay. Good defense and can move the ball on the ground. And the Ravens don't have Mark Ingram today. So they're going to – I forgot, I don't know who their backup is, but they're definitely going to have to pick up the slack there. And, we you know, we James Conner and, and crew with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with that being said, I always got to do it. I had the lines – the odds from VegasInsider.com is where I get my information from. Hey, KG, we're going to start plugging them. Let them know that's what we use, man. Most definitely. Um, 46 under points. And Baltimore 
is a four-point favorite at home. That's kind of surprising to me. It shouldn't be. Man, it's surprising because I haven't looked at it yet. I printed it out, and I just kind of glanced at it to make sure uh, because my printer is absolutely stupid and does what it wants to do. It'll sit there and print something out from three days ago, and everybody's in the round of room is just looking at the printer like, hey, did you print something? No, I didn't print anything. <laughs> and then you go look at it, it's something from three days ago that you were getting an error message on that now it's printing all of a sudden. So, But I am surprised that Baltimore, because that's more, you usually get the three points at home, and then they're giving them an extra point. I would have thought this would have been Baltimore – Two-point favorite? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's more that's more what I was looking at. I mean, I, I think, you know, you give it to Baltimore at home, but I didn't think it'd be four points. I thought it'd be more like two. So, I, I mean, two, I guess two isn't a big deal. But um, keys to this game. Give me a key to this game. Um, take a team, you pick your key to that team, winning the game, I'll take the other team. Well, I'll take Baltimore. And the keys for Baltimore to win is you got to put pressure on defense. You, you Somehow, somewhere, you got to keep that defense on the field. I'm talking long, sustained drives. I'm talking 9 to 15 plays, chewing up clock. You got to keep that defense on the field because Big Ben is quick strike. Him and Juju, if they can hook up and kill you in one play. So you got to be prepared for that. Keep the defense on its heels. Well, that means I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I think that's who I am taking to win the game. We'll give our uh, scores in a second. But I'm going to give a couple of keys. One, you have to, this is perfect Derrick Henry weather. So with that being said, you know, Pittsburgh is a very well coached defense, very well coached team. Be disciplined. Mind your gaps. Don't try to be a hero. You're out there, especially you got a corner or safety out there with Derrick Henry. Textbook. Take them legs. Wrap them legs up. And if he... What's up? Derrick Henry's not in this game, brother. Are you serious? We we talking Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm <laughs> I'm looking at the Tennessee Cincinnati game. I'm sorry. Um geez. My apologies. Now I gotta figure out, I gotta make it up now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at I'm 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 trying to multitask. This is what happens when you multitask with a 40-year-old brain. It just doesn't because I'm looking at Tennessee Cincinnati and I'm I'm trying to get myself ready for that. All right, so okay, so Pittsburgh. If Ben can you know you, you mentioned Juju. If Ben can also incorporate their newest weapon, Chase Claypool, okay. If they can get a balance going, keep Baltimore defense guessing. Because now you don't only have Juju, you got Claypool. He's super, he's lightning fast. But, like I said, this is running weather. So, with that being said, that, that plays in the favor of the Ravens, even though Mark Ingram's not in the game. They still have a good line, and they still have Lamar Jackson. So, Pittsburgh has to do... with. What, what you would normally do on Lamar Jackson, spy on him, keep somebody, you know, you know, you, you try to keep somebody on him all times, which is hard, better, better, easier said than done. So Pittsburgh, I think Big Ben moving the offense. I think this is going to be an ugly game today, KG. It's going to be an ugly game today. Score. Give me a score. Well, you want me to give you a score. This game is going to be knocked down, drag out, always good. But I'm going to say it's going to be 1916 Baltimore. 
this is the game where the 72 Miami Dolphins, all the ones that are living, will open their bottle of champagne and toast because the last <laughs> undefeated team is done. Uh, man, ain't that crazy? Yeah. And, you know, Larry Zonka said it best uh, when they talked about the 72 Dolphins on America's game. He said, every year when the last undefeated team is beaten, our ghosts just rise up. And he said, I like it. I like being a ghost. I like, you know, the con- the 72 Dolphins conversation comes up whenever a team gets past 5-0. Yeah, it does. It, they they yeah, come man. up and they crop up every year when somebody goes that far. Can they actually go 19-0 and now? Came close with uh, New England. New England, yep. But they lost the biggest game of them all. Yep. And if you ask New England, they would have rather lost that regular season game than lost that Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, going into that and having that Super Bowl cap that season, which would have been one of the probably the greatest season ever. But ah, that's another show. Uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are the backup running backs for uh, the Ravens. So, like I said, I don't – of course, Mark Ingram, Ingram is Mark Ingram, you know, but I still think they have enough, you know, firepower back there to to keep that top-notch run game going. So, uh, what did I say? Number three rushing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, they're number three rushing for – and I know, I know Lamar is a big part of that. So, uh, with that being said, I'm going Pittsburgh today. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers – to go into Baltimore, to go to seven and zero, because this is this is battle for tops of the division. Big Ben was hurt the last couple of years. Baltimore took over with Lamar Jackson. Okay, now it's time. Everybody's healthy. There is no asterisk. There is no quote unquote. So we get to see both teams kind of at full power. Mark Ingram isn't there, so I'm giving it to Pittsburgh. I'm going Pittsburgh today. 20 to 19. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. I know. I He's know. I know. And that might put me in 0 2. The Falcons already crushed my hopes and dreams for this week. So um, let's talk about. We got a couple of games I want to talk about. But I want to talk about tonight's game Dallas at Philadelphia. And I want to talk about. The position that the Dallas Cowboys are in. Um, they've been getting a mud hole stomped in them all season. They lost Dak. Andy Dalton looked helpless back there. Okay. Um, so now, guess what? They have been Denichi starting at quarterback. And if the Cowboys were to win this game tonight, KG, as bad as they've been playing, they would be number one in the NFC East. That's absolutely, positively crazy. After the shellacking they took last week at the hands of my Washington football team, to know that with a win, they can move right back in the first place. Horrible, isn't it? And this is a game, it's, it's kind of it's just one of the ones I don't want to pick. Because it's a divisional game, and I and I, I'm looking at the line I'm about to read you, and I'm like, it just doesn't matter when it's divisional. Just like we saw with the Bills and the Jets last week, the Bills were heavy favorites, I believe, 11 or 12 points, and they barely beat the Jets. So now we got Dallas and Philadelphia, 42 and a half under one of points, and Philadelphia KG is an 11 point favorite. No tape on Ben Denichi. Wait, wait, wait. Back that up. Philly is a what? 11-point favorite. And Philly will still probably find some way to lose this goddamn game. And see, and that's, that's, and that's, like, I'm leaning Philly. Philly's the better team. Philly has their starting quarterback. But we both know when quarterbacks get into the game, teams don't have any tape on them. They kind of don't know how to attack them. Um, I'm still leaning Philly, but it it it, it could go either way because it, it, it's a divisional game. Yeah, it's a divisional game. It could go either way. Um, but I'm gonna take the Philadelphia 
Um, I wish I could see. I'm trying to see what the weather is going to be tonight in Philadelphia. Um, I don't have it. Was trying to look for it, but let me give you the league rankings real quick. And the Cowboys, this is how good, this is how good Dak Prescott is. The Cowboys are still number three offensively in the league. How many weeks has he missed? Three? Is it two? Three. three. No, two, two. This will be the third week. This would be the third week. They're still number three offensively, and that's all because of Dak because they haven't done anything. They didn't do anything last week. Number three offensively, number uh, 27th defensively, second passing steal, 19th rushing. The Eagles, 15th offense, 18th defensively, 18th passing, 12th rushing. So they're they're in the middle in the league a little bit of everything. Even though they, they struggle at times, and last week game, Carson Palm, uh, Carson Palmer, Carson Wentz came out and you know had some heroics at the end of the game, kind of got the Eagles that W. So KG, with that 42 and a half under and 11 point Philadelphia favorite, give me your score for today. Bro, do I have to pick this game? Because my mind is telling me no, but my body. My body is also is telling, telling you no. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my mind's telling me pick Dallas. Well, no, let me rephrase that. My mind's telling me pick Philly because Philly's a smart money right now. They're they semi healthy. They got their starting quarterback, so they they got the biggest cog of their offense in their quarterback, who has his ups and downs. Not a really huge fan of him, but uh. Dallas is missing one of their major cogs on offense. And something that I saw last week, even when Dalton was in, um, the receivers dropped a lot of passes. Only one receiver caught passes last week for Dallas. And that's a problem. CeeDee Lamb can't be dropping passes. The tight ends can't drop passes. You got to help this young guy out. But if you give him a heavy dose of deuce, I'm deuce. Mm. Zeke today. We we just all off today. You give him a heavy dose of Zeke today. I think Dallas you're for, can pull this. You you're forty year old mind working too, huh? <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm I don't know why I'm thinking Deuce McAllister, but mm, Deuce McAllister ain't played in how long? But give him a heavy dose of Zeke today. Uh, I'll say twenty five to thirty carries. Dallas can pull this out twelve to ten. And you say that, and they're talking about the rumors possibly moving Zeke. Mm. So, and don't we say that every week? A Dallas victory, a good recipe for a Dallas victory involves Zeke. Yes. 20 plus that carries, and every week it's just like nobody's listening. You know? You know they, they think we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, apparently. Um, I can't get the weather on the Philly game, but I'm going to go with Philadelphia. They're, they're healthier. They have their QB and Wentz, even though, you know, my 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 thoughts about Carson Wentz is irrelevant. He did really good last week. I will give him that. He did a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a game last week, late in the game, to get the Eagles a win. They're at the link. I'm going to take Philadelphia. I'm not giving them the 11 points, though. I think we're going to be talking about another a week of a struggling Dallas offense. So I'm going to take Philadelphia 24 to 9. I'm going to say Dallas is going to put up um, three field goals today. I don't think they're going to move the ball too well. So uh, let's see. I'm trying to leave New England Buffalo for last because I got a little bit to say about that. Um, and the Washington football team is not playing this week. So we got – a um, couple of more games to talk about. I want to talk. I want to talk about San Francisco at Seattle. Seattle lost last week to who they lose to last week. Uh, hold, hold, hold on, I got you. I got you. 
I got to pull my schedule up here. Seattle Seahawks lost to the Cardinals in OT last week. I think I was let me let me rephrase that. Let me let me flip the page back here. Who was the only one? No, 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 no. Uh myself and Delonte were the only ones to have Arizona winning that game last week. It was. It was. See, I, I gave you time to glow. That's why I asked you who won last week. Arizona. I gave you time to glow. You know? Little baby Arizona. Um, I picked Seattle last week. Um, Seattle is giving up the most points to, if you fantasy wise, to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So I'm thinking Seattle is going to go. They only favored by three points, fifty-three and a half under points. I'm I'm leaning towards San Francisco. I'm leaning towards a. A big Garoppolo day. I've I've seen Seattle. I've seen Russell Wilson, and I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know why I don't feel good about Seattle and Russell Wilson this week. Any other week, give me Russell Wilson ten times. Ten times out of ten, I want Russell Wilson. But I don't know. At home, I don't know why I'm not picking Russell Wilson. What, what you think, KG? What you think? San Francisco, Seattle. What you got? Well, San Francisco, I'm I'm not completely sold on San Fran. I, I mean, I think they're a good team. You know, remember they made the Super Bowl last year. I'm not gonna say they Super Bowl hungover Atlanta style because they they still play good ball, but they had a lot of a, a lot of injuries this season alone. So. Um, but my mind is telling me Seattle today, and they're in Seattle. So in if Seattle. it's raining, it's raining here on the uh, the East Coast. I know it's raining on the West Coast because it's always raining in Seattle. So if it's a messy, nasty game, I'm taking the Seahawks, twenty three to seventeen. All right, so I did you a dis uh, injustice. I'm gonna lead, I'm gonna read you the league rankings. Uh, 49 is seventh in offense, 11th defensively, uh, 13th pass and fifth rushing. Seahawks, 12th offensively, 29th defensively, 10th passing, 15th rushing. Today, my gut says pick Seattle. And for whatever reason, I'm not listening to my gut today. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan pulls this game out today. I'm going to go over the 53. And I'm going to say 37 to 31 San Francisco. KG, I might be falling farther behind in the standards, man. I don't know. He's a bold man, but hey, if you don't take the chance, what you going to come out with? You know, you don't play the game to gamble to lose. You got to gamble to win. This is a gamble, and I, I it might pay off for you. Uh, might is a strong word, man. Might is a strong word. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see, though. We will see. Um, two was starting today for the Dolphins. He had two weeks to prepare. They went into the bye week, switched quarterbacks. Well, extra week. Um, but the daunting task, KG, is to take on the, the Rams. And he has to, his first NFL game, his first official start, he's got to take on Aaron Donald. Um, just a, just a quick run over this game. The Rams are only favored by three and a half, 45 under being the points. They're in Miami. Uh, the Rams, six offensively, 12th defensively, 11th passing, fourth rushing. Dolphins, 25th offensively. That's with Fitzpatrick. Eighth defensively, 22nd passing, 29th rushing. So, KG, when, you, when I read you those numbers for Miami, 25th offensively, 22nd passing. 
does it put it more in perspective a little bit why maybe start to yeah it's like a shot in the arm i mean i it all comes back to washington to me because remember last year when the offense was struggling under Case Keenum, oh, everybody was saying, oh, put Dwayne in. We need a spark. And I'm like, don't do it. And everybody's like, oh, we need a spark. We need, it's not going to be what you think. You got to realize you're putting a rookie in there. I don't give a damn how much time he had to prepare. You, But you're putting him in there against arguably the best defensive player. Not lineman, not linebacker. The best defensive player in the league that's going to be on his ass all damn day. So unless you got a blocking scheme set up to stop Aaron Donald, I would not be starting Tua today. But it's also letting me know that Miami wants to see what they have. Um... I still don't agree with how they did Fitzpatrick. And I know Fitzpatrick has his flaws. And we've had the years of Fitz magic and things like that. But how they demoted him, it just it don't sit right in my soul. Let me let me um elaborate on a little bit something I learned getting up this morning or reading things. Um Miami wants to see what they have. They have two first-round picks next year, thanks to, and two second-round picks thanks to the Houston trade trading a uh, Tunsil, the left tackle, to Houston. So there, and when you read the offensive stats for the Dolphins, you see their 25th offensively, you see their 22nd passing. So when you look at that, it's just like if the passing offense was top 15. If they were 11th, and I'm like, man, I would have left Fitzpatrick in. But we're not talking about a top-tier offense in the league. So now you drafted Tua. You got to see if he's healthy. So now, from what I, you know, what I read, they want to see what they got with Tua so they know if they have to attack and maybe move up and get a quarterback in this upcoming draft. So that's, that's the, the, the reason I'm reading they made that move when they did. And like I said, you read the numbers, you're not missing anything. I mean, they already bottom, you know, bottom, what, seven teams offensively? So it's like, how much worse can you get? You know, um, and then we talk about Fitzpatrick. You know, you feel bad for Fitzpatrick. But Fitzpatrick had his chances. And each chance he's had, he's fizzed out, for lack of a better word. Whether it's in season one, season two, it's always a point, no matter what team Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing for, is he just dies out. He runs out of gas for whatever reason, and the next person's up at, at bat. And I think the Dolphins know that. If you're a good GM, you know that, and you got to take your steps to combat that. And that, this is that step. Now let's see what Tua has. And if Tua doesn't have it, guess what? We got two first-round picks, two second-round picks. We're going to move up. We're going to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever we can get because, you know, those are the two hot names right now. But college football season is not going to be what it normally is because of the whole COVID thing. Everybody's not playing. Teams getting sick and not being able to play. Then you have two, a brother at Maryland that just put almost – 400 yards on Minnesota in an overtime win. Go Terps! No, no. Almost 500 yards. He threw for 468. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Almost 500 yards. Go Terps! Like I said, go Terps! Even though they got blown out the first game, but we won't talk wait, about that. Wait, do, do we do we want to talk college? Do we want to talk our college teams? Because mine's undefeated. When the last time they won a championship? When the last time we, when was the last time Merlin won a championship? I, we're not expected to win a championship. God damn it! You you always got you always got to just like mess with my high, man. I, I'm just saying, if you want to talk college football, then I put the stats on the table. Maryland's not expected to win a national championship. We're expected to try to compete in the Big Ten. If we beat a couple of Big Ten big boys, you know that makes our season. We go to the 
Aunt Jemina uh, pancake serve bowl, and we good. We don't have gold helmets. You know, we ain't slapping a sign when we leave the, the thing. We're rubbing a turtle. We're not slapping. And we don't have national championship aspirations yearly that fail. Oh, my God. Here we go. Okay, let, let, let me explain something to you about those gold helmets. It's real 24-karat gold in those helmets, number one. And slapping the sign, don't ever disrespect that. You touch the play like a champion sign on your way out. <laughs> and when you go down the steps leaving the locker room, you see the records of all the greats that came before you. And then you see the names that are posted around the locker room, etched in wood. Oh, man. And, uh, am I striking a nerve? Don't, are don't. You, you okay over there? Man, that, that tradition of Notre Dame football, it lives in my soul. The first time I seen that as a wide-eyed eight-year-old. Nope, I was about seven. The first time I seen that. And all I could think of, I want to do that one day. Like, if I only played one game. And speaking of which, today is the anniversary of the first time I ever seen Notre Dame play in person which was uh, six years ago today when they came to FedEx Field to play Navy. You wanted to see a grown man cry? That was the day, because I boo-hooed my ass off when they came out the tunnel. Well, KG, let's let's break. Let's take a quick break. Let's pay. Actually, we don't have to, do we? No, we don't have to pay bills, but we do need to take a break because everybody can take this chance and this opportunity while we're on break to download the Podbean app because coming up in the following week, before the end of next week, Sideline Junkies will be doing a live show from the Podbean app and it'll be totally interactive with every listener that pulls it up and actually downloads the app and joins us. That sounds like a plan, so we are taking a break then. Yeah, we're going to take a small one, just real, real short. We're going to take a small break. We're going to come back. I got a, uh, a, a pop. We're going to call it a pop-up question. I got a pop-up question for KG. He has one for me. We don't know what the questions are. And then um, I'll talk Buffalo and New England, and that will be our show. So stay tuned. You're listening to week number eight, NFL, Sunday Rise with the Sideline Junkies. We'll be right back. And welcome back, NFL Week Number Eight, Sunday Rise with the Sideline Junkies. I am the boss, BJ, and I got the big guy, KG, right now. And we're gonna do a quick last segment, and uh, we got two pop-up pop-up questions uh, that we're gonna ask each other. And neither one of us, we didn't, you know, tell each other what they were off air. So KG's gonna pop his question. I'll pop mine next. Fire it away, KG. Let me know. What's up? Okay, now. This just came down per Adam Schefter. John Kime confirmed it. Ryan Kerrigan wants out of Washington. Wow. Who's been saying that? Who has been saying that? Who has been saying that? I want my roses now. (laughs) Damn it. Who has been saying that? Look, this is what you've been saying. Finish, finish your question, because I don't want to finish your question. Now, let me give you your roses, BJ. You've been saying this uh, since last season about trading Ryan Kerrigan, letting him go somewhere else to be great. Don't hold him here. Um, now, here's the crazy part: Buffalo needs pass rush help. Ryan Kerrigan's 32. Last year of his deal. Relatively healthy, uh, durable. You already have Trent Murphy in Baltimore and uh, Buffalo. Would you hook they're, Trent? Huh? Yeah, they're looking to move also. Oh well, I was gonna say, would you would you give us a third, a fourth, and a conditional second next year for Ryan no. Kirk? No. And, and, a, and a player to be named. I, I'll even throw a player in there. No. And I, I'm going to tell you why. One, because he is 
what you say, he's 32? 32. 32 last year of his deal. If he had another year on his deal, yes. And I say that because Buffalo is in a unique situation. We're not every other team. People don't want to come to Buffalo. That's why I'm saying that. I'd rather, you know, of course, if you can get a trade now, you know, win the AFC East, you, you want a player that you can either kind of control like a Don Terrio Poe that got released from Dallas. You can release him at the end of the season. You could pick him up for pennies. Ryan Kerrigan, you would have to give up too much to get him. And I'm reading it now. It's saying Washington doesn't want to deal him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I hate that because everything that Ryan Kerrigan has done for this organization He's been a professional. He's been the face of the franchise, a franchise that has been basically <clears throat> running on fumes the last couple of years. Never had a problem out of him. And I, and I said this at the beginning of the season. I said it when they drafted Chase Young. Let that man out. Let that man out. Let him go to, you know, Seattle. Let him go to San Francisco. Let him go to... Um, Tampa Bay. Let him go to Buffalo. Um, let him go to Baltimore. Let him go to Pittsburgh. Let him ha- go somewhere we can have a deep playoff run and experience something like that for the first time in his career. A deep, serious playoff run. You owe that to him. You owe that to him. His team hasn't done nothing in Ryan Kerrigan's tenure. Nothing. And he's been loyal to the Burgundy and Gold. And I think it would be, I'm waiting for it, KG, and and I'm going to hate it. Because me and you both know there's going to be people coming out that's going to say that that Burgundy Gold, quote unquote, diehards, they're going to say, oh, Warren Carragher wants to leave the hell with him. He wasn't good anyway. He's not a good player anyway. Why would he want to leave here? This, that, and the other. You know that's what's going to happen. It happens every time. Every Look at how they treat RG3. Look at how they treat Alfred Morris. Guys that played here and were productive for a short amount of time. They, they, they talk mad trash about them, about how they weren't good. That's why they got released and this, that, and the other. I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. It's like I'm happy that he wanted uh, wants to trade. You know, it, it, he's the odd man out. You got all them youngins in there. Um, you know, they got one of the best defenses in the league, front seven wise. They might be still trying to work out something on the back end in the secondary, but front front end, front seven, they're solid. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, the the Bama boys, Cole Holcomb. You know what I'm saying? So, my thing is this, too. If I'm a GM, I don't want a distraction. I want, it's like, if Ryan Kerrigan comes to me, like, look, man, I, I, I want to go. I want to go to, can you give me to, he wouldn't even have to tell me. I'm trying to get him to a contender. If I can make it work, be like, hey, look, last year of his deal, he made a fifth-round pick for him. I sent him to Pittsburgh. I sent him to Seattle. I'm going to send him to Kansas City. I'm going to do him that favor because he's done me a favor for his entire career, which is being professional, become an all-time sack leader, be one of the most underrated uh, defensive pass rushers his entire career. So if I'm a GM and I hear that, let's just say if it came through the media, I'm, I'm hitting Ryan up. Or his agent, but like, hey, is this true? But like, yeah, it's true. He wants out. I'm like, hey man, give me two uh trade down line. Let me let me see what I can do. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, hey, I'm sending you to Cleveland. I'm gonna send you to Atlanta. You know, no, uh-uh. You know, certain people you don't do that to. Um, so I would hope that the football team will trade change their mind and move him. 
I really would. I would like to see him go somewhere and be a winner. So, um, it's funny you say that. Uh, trading him. Now you know me. I'm like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. I can't afford to lose you. But the 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 talk before now, before this morning, the talk was Ryan Anderson being the odd man out. And he was being dangled out as trade bait. He was going to be the one that was traded. But Kerrigan's upset. That. He's upset because he's not getting on the field as much as he wants. So, and I, I get that because he's he, he's a gamer. He's a consummate professional. He's also a mentor to the Bama boys, to Chase Young, to Ryan Anderson. He's a mentor to those guys. And I get that. But if we want to, I'm not saying if we want to win because Kerrigan is a is a is a way for us to win. But if he wants out, I can't hold him. Much you know how much I love Ryan Kerrigan, and Professor Lucky knows this because I defend Ryan Kerrigan. I will fight you over Ryan Kerrigan. And I just honestly, I, I guess I'll deal with my emotions once we get off. But. I'm not I'm not overly happy about hearing this. Yeah, I know you're not. I know you're not. And, you know, I just don't understand, you know, with with that much firepower up front. Why not with fresh legs? We talked we talked about this at nauseum when they drafted Chase Young and just the, the possibilities that you could have on defense with them. Seven people in and out. Having Kerrigan, Chase Young, Montez Sweat on the field at the same time on passing situation. Who are you gonna who are you gonna double team? Like, I just don't understand why he's not getting on the field. It's it's so much and I thought Jack Del Rio would 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 make this work. Obviously he's not and Kerrigan's not happy. And like I said, I'm I'm like you, I'm not holding Kerrigan. He wants out. I make something work. So, you say, why is he not getting on the field? Um, number one, remember he's not playing outside linebacker no more. He's not the left outside linebacker no more. Um, you also have Montez Sweat. Uh, oh, let me let me run down the whole list. You got Ryan Anderson. Excuse me, Nate Orchard. Um. Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now Jonathan Allen, they moved him to tackle, but he can play. Uh, he can play defensive end also. Um, if Matt Ioannidis makes it back this year, you know Ioannidis can play tackle and end. I mean, he's devastating at tackle, and uh, he's devastating at end. I love Matt Ioannidis. Now, I don't understand why I'm not moving Kerrigan around like that because. It, you know, in a perfect world, if I need four down linemen, I can use any combination that I want. I can. I seen uh, last week they used Chase Young standing up pretty much in uh, the Lawrence Taylor slash uh, 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 Khalil Mack position. No hand in the dirt, just standing up. And they thought he was coming. And he dropped back about 10 yards into coverage. No passes came his way. And... The defensive line got to him, got to the quarterback, and Chase didn't have to do anything. But it's just that illusion that you don't know where it's coming from. It can work. It can work. I mean, everybody's not going to be happy because you have such depth. And that's one thing we haven't had in years is depth, good depth on the defensive line. We got it now. Looking at everybody that's on this defensive line, they are all ballers. Only one that I'm 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 looking at that I'm not too sure about on the D line is Casey Tuhill, but he's a rookie. KG, it's your turn, baby. <laughs> Lord, it's your turn. Um, the Cleveland Browns have lost Odell Beckham for the season. And it's it's a couple parts to this question. Do you think Odell Beckham is a top 10 receiver in this league? 
I, and, and here at Sideline Junkies, we take everything into consideration. We take if they can stay on the field, the production on the field, their demeanor and character. Take everything in consideration, okay? The first question is, do you think he's a top 10 receiver? The second question is, do you think he'll be in Cleveland next year? The third question is, does Cleveland stock go up because the, the, the diva is off the field now? Does Baker Mayfield play better? I'm going to sit back and listen. Okay, to the first question, do I think Odell Beckham's a top a top did you say top 10? Top 10 receiver. Right now in the league? No. Uh his production numbers he spoiled us. His first 3 years in the in the league. Uh 1305, 1450, 1367. He spoiled us with what he was able to do. Um Double-digit touchdowns the first three years. And then every year after that, uh, he only played four games in 2017, 12 games in, in uh, 2018. You, you, you want to put some oil on that chair? Is that me? No, that's the floor upstairs. Really? Yeah, that's the elephant that walks upstairs. Lord Jesus. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> damn, I'm gonna need them to put some WD-40 on that thing or something. Um, but his last year with the Giants, he played 12 games, uh, 10:52. First year in Cleveland, 10:35. This year, he's only had uh 236 yards receiving. I do not feel he hasn't been a top 10 receiver in the league in about four years. Number one, he can't stay on the, on the field. Number two. Uh, when he was in New York, he didn't bring the funk, as Roland Martin says. He didn't bring it. Um, I remember, I can't remember what game. I think it was against Philly. They were down B, and Eli hit him for a touchdown. This is where I was like, you know what? I'm off the Odell train. Let me off at this stop. He caught the touchdown, and he wanted to celebrate. I'm like, you're still down 14-7. And then I think Philly went down and scored again, made it 21-7. He caught another touchdown. So he's on the bench, and he's in front of the camera, and he's, like, you know, doing all this stuff in front of the camera and, and, and all these hand motions and stuff. And his teammates just got up off the bench and walked away from him. They, just, they moved away from him. And I, I'm trying to remember the coach at the time. Uh, it was after Coughlin. And he went over to him, and he said, stop. Just stop it. And he got mad because he told him to stop the antics. We're down 21 to 7. Then it made it 21 to 14. They still lost the game. But you're you're doing all these antics on the sideline. That's another reason why I say he's not top 10. Um, off the field, he's been pretty quiet the last year or so off the field, especially in Cleveland. But going to Cleveland with Juice Landry, I, I thought like hell that was going to be a pretty damn good duo. If you have uh, listened to us here, you know that I picked Cleveland two years in a row to win the AFC North because of Baker Mayfield, um, Nick Chubb, and then when they got Odell with Juice Landry and uh, and Joku at, at tight end, I was like, okay. They're doing something. They had Miles Garrett on defense. They, they're going to do something. But to answer the second question, Cleveland stock is going to rise because you don't have to worry about getting the diva the ball. Juice Landry, when he gets the ball, he makes the best of it. I'll say that. So th their stock is going to rise. And um, this receiver that they have now um, that's going to be starting in place of uh, – Odell Beckham, Rashard Higgins. He says he feels so close to Baker Mayfield that it's like his mama had him herself. That's how close he feels to Baker Mayfield. And and some of the reports going around is saying that Baker and Odell are not close at all. Mm. And that you we you know that definitely has an effect on 
you know, what's going on on the field. If you're not, you know, it could, let's just take Buffalo, for example. Diggs and uh, Allen seem like they have a really, really good relationship, you know. And, you know, you don't have to like people, but, look, we're human beings, and that does affect what goes on on the field. If you, you, you know, especially if you feel like, you know, somebody's a little too extra or they do too much or whatever the case may be. So, um, what yeah, else that? What's that? When you talk about receiving tandems and being uh, good with their quarterbacks, think about Bradshaw with Swan and Stallworth. Okay. And, you know, they hung around Terry Bradshaw. And they, they said Terry Bradshaw used to get them real good. He'd be like, you know what, I really could go for a donut. And they would run off to go get him a, a dozen donuts. And he would just sit back and laugh. But on game day, Lynn Swan was like, it don't matter if I'm open or John's open. We can be covered. If Terry throws it up, then we're going to get it. But yeah. it's that type of camaraderie. It's that type of uh, 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 relationship that you have to have with your receivers. You have to have that as a quarterback. You have to have a relationship with your receivers, your running backs. Everybody on offense, you have to have a relationship with them. You got to make them all feel included. This is true. Um, did you answer the other question? Do you think Odell will be back in Cleveland next year? No, sir, I do not think he will. I think by the end of this season, once he rehabs and everything, by, by the offseason, he'll be asking for a trade on draft night. Or they'll just trade him on draft night in the first place. And I think he'll go somewhere like uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa you know, Bay? I, yeah. I, I just I can't see Tampa Bay if they still got uh, Antonio Brown. I can't. I can't see that happening. But see, see, the thing is, Bruce Arians is a no-nonsense coach. I love Bruce Arians. I love him for what he does because he's progressive. And one thing about him that made me love him even more as a coach is what he did with his staff. When uh, Steve – was it Steve Wilkes that got fired? And when Steve Wilkes got fired, he immediately called Steve Wilkes when he got the job in um, Tampa Bay and put him on the staff. He put Byron Leftwich on the staff, who was Steve Wilkes' offensive coordinator. Um, his Most of his coaching staff are minorities that he knows can coach. And I, I love that about Bruce Arians. He, he's not worried about color. If you can coach, I want you here. It's pretty much what he says. Well, hey, man, we got to do these pop-up questions uh, every week from now on, man. I can dig that. All right, last but not least, New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. 40 and a half under on the points. Buffalo is a four and a half point favorite. Let me tell you <sighs> my thoughts on this, and I'll let KG go last because I need to talk about this. Um, over the last 20 years, I don't have the exact record in front of me, but I don't think the Bills have beat the Patriots five times. Sean McDermott himself is 0-4, whatever. He hasn't beat Bill Belichick yet. New England today is missing uh, both receivers, Edelman and Harris, or is it Henry, one of them, whoever it is. And the best corner in the league, Stephon Gilmore, is not playing today. Now, everything in me says that Buffalo is supposed to walk and run over the New England Patriots. But they have been struggling themselves for three weeks on offense. Um, I believe they get John Brown back today, um, which, you know, definitely a help. Uh, I always say that, you know, it shouldn't be one player go out and that offense shut down like it does. But <clears throat> Buffalo 5-2, and two, New England's 2-4. and four. I'm about to read you the league rankings. Uh, the Patriots are 27th offensively. Ninth defensively, 30th passing, 7th rushing, which is the Bills' Achilles heel. The Bills' offense, 8th uh, in the league, 21st defensively. Their 5th passing the ball, 26th rushing. Okay, this defense has been getting gashed all year. And they played the Jets last week, and everybody was impressed what they did in the second half against the Jets. I wasn't because this the New York Jets. If anything, the Jets had more to do with the Bills' defense looking great than the Jets uh, than the Bills did. The Jets are just 
inept. They are who they are. They have Sam Donald and whoever else, God knows whoever else, on that offense. Who knows? Who cares? They're not good. So I attribute the second half Bills defense more to the Jets offense, not being able to move the ball. They're not good. So I'm not impressed with what the Bills um, did all uh, defensively last week. Jerry Hughes won AFC player of the week. He iced the game with a big uh, interception at the end of the game. Now, here comes New England, a team that this team has not beat, has been getting the brakes beat off of them. Yes, the dynasty is over. There's no Tom Brady over here. But I still have an uneasy feeling because Bill Belichick is still on that sideline, and he owns part of the Buffalo Bills. He has a a stake in the Buffalo Bills. It's probably like 25%. He probably just makes decisions on the board. So this game right here, week number eight, it's time to start taking that stock back. And I know Tom Brady's not there. For me, like, I want to consider myself a Buffalo Bills purist, and I wanted Tom Brady there when we got this team together, and I wanted to beat the numbers off his ass. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted him there. I wanted Gronkowski there, Gilmore, everybody else. They go get David Patton. Go get whoever. Because we've been getting our ass kicked for 20 years. And now, you know, we're the favorites then when the AFC East at five and two. But Buffalo's looking shaky. I haven't picked them. I picked them last week, but the Tennessee and Kansas City games, I didn't pick them. Because I already knew. I said they're gonna have to prove to me that they can beat the top tier teams. And right now they can't. With teams with a winning record, Sean McDermott has the losing record against. Okay, now New England is a division game. Anything can happen. They still run the ball very well. And guess what? They still have 2015 league MVP Cam Newton. And if he decides to wake up today, the Bills could be in for it because that defense is really bad. I'm picking my boys today. 27 to 13. It's not a must-win game for me. They better win this goddamn game today. That's what this is for me. They don't win this game today. You got to rethink a lot of things. They still they'll still be first place in, in uh, AFC East. A lot of things have to be rethought if they lose this game. Michael Irvin was on NFL uh, Network and he said something really really good. He said the Cowboys got to a point where the dynasty was over and they knew it. And they lost to a team that they beat all the time. And it just got to a point where they knew they were going to lose. They were trying to figure out how to win the games. And that's New England right now. The dynasty is over. But Buffalo still has to prove that they're worthy of taking that. You don't want it to be. You don't want it to be given to you, and and, it, and it's kind of had, kind of has been given to him by default because Tom Brady left. But I would get no better joy than to see them route New England. I don't want to go up twenty to three and they and they put the take the foot off the gas. Hey, we got it. New England can't move the ball. You know. I want to see them keep putting touchdowns on the board. I want it to be a fight on the field because they, the New England feels like they're being unsportsman. Fuck New England. If you could put a touchdown on every drive and have this be 45 to 21, 40, you have to send a message to New England. It's over. Yeah, we know you lost Tom Brady, but we're going to take – you. Not you gave it to us a little bit, but we're going to yank it the rest of the way. And it's not ready to come out. It's not ready to come out to the end of the season. It's only week eight. But we're going to yank that motherfucker the rest of the way. That's what has to happen today. The Bills have to put their foot on New England throat until they stop breathing. If New England hangs around at all today, I don't, I don't even care at this point as a division game. New England hangs around at all today. Buffalo got problems. 
And, you know, I talked about in our pre-video that I put on Instagram, Facebook about, you know, the trade deadline. Buffalo has to do something. If they want to contend, they probably will win the AFC East. If they wanted to contend, they want to beat the Tennessees of the world. They want to beat the Kansas City, Kansas Cities, the Baltimores, the Pittsburghs. They're going to have to address something on defense. I don't know what that is. I can't tell you what it is. I know it's a defensive lineman that can eat space. If, if you got somebody like that on the practice squad, if you got somebody like that, that's, you know, hey, go get them. But today is is going to be a, a test for a lot of teams that's teetering with contention because the Texans are looking to give up some receivers. Atlanta's looking up to give, uh, um, I think his name is McKinney, that pass rusher. After this game, for a lot of teams, you're gonna GMs are going to be on the phone. Like, hey, I need this, that, and other. What you need? I would love for Buffalo to get Ryan Kerrigan, but it has to be at a fifth-round pick. Just to finish out the rest of the season, to have a legitimate threat, because he could play. We're not talking about... 30% of the steps. I can see Kerrigan on the field 70% of the time in Buffalo. I would love to see him up there. His work ethic and his mannerisms fit perfectly with Buffalo. Blue collar, hardworking, shut the fuck up and play ball. That's what it is. So today, taking my Buffalo Bills 27 to 13 KG. Um, not a must-win game. It's a better you better win this damn game. That's what this is. You better win this damn game because I just read to you everybody's that's out on New England, the 27th ranked offense in the league. I want to see a slaughterhouse in Orchard Park today. That's what I want to see. Well, B, after what you just said, the passion. The inflection, the, the the pride that's in your voice. Um, I started getting my ankle state, so I don't know if I'm gonna make it there by game time. But I, I got my pads, I got my helmet. I'm headed to the stadium now because I'm ready to play. I, I'm just I'm just letting you know that. But uh, they might they might need you. Hey, like I said it a couple weeks ago. I know I'm good for at least if you give me 25 carries, I'm good for at least a buck ten, buck twenty. I know I can do it because me, I don't like to go down. I, I hate picking myself up, so I'm not going to go down. And I ain't no Franco Harris where I run out of bounds. So, I mean, you can go ahead and cancel that shit too. But something that you said about the last 20 years, the Bills, the Bills are 5 and 35 against the Patriots in the last 20 years. They haven't beat the Patriots. They lost to the Patriots seven straight times, and today is the 120th meeting in this rivalry that dates back to September 23rd, 1960 was the first meeting in the AFL. And this is this is not, you know, no slop-ass rivalry. You know, combined, you got two AFL championships, six Super Bowl championships, 15 Super Bowl appearances, uh, 28 AFC East championships, um, a combined four uh, AFL Eastern Division championships, 11 wild card bursts. This is this is not no slop ass uh, 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 rivalry. It may be one sided at times because it was one sided in the 90s. Uh, it was one sided in the 70s and the 90s, where the Bills. We're 12 and 8 in both decades. So, I, I, but I, I'm going to say this. Throw stats out the window. I'm, I'm throwing history out the window. Cam Newton has been struggling today. And believe me, I know because I have Cam in fantasy. And when they pulled him last week, it almost messed me up. But thank, thank the man above for Terry McLaurin. Uh, I got to go with Buffalo on this one. I think Cam is going to have an okay game, but it's not going to be enough to beat Buffalo. Buffalo is going to 
rise to the occasion, rise and shine, 27-17, Buffalo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude NFL Sunday Rise with the Sideline Junkies Week 8 edition. We hope you enjoyed it. It is now uh, 11.46 our time, Eastern time. It's plenty of time to get your lineups together for fantasy. Um, you got some fan duels, some DraftKings. Make sure you do your research. Um, just give you a little tip. Seattle and Atlanta. Well, Atlanta already played, but Seattle is, if you're picking a QB, I would go with San Francisco today. Just a little tip, a little Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, QB and wide receiver, they're letting the most uh, points up to each position. So I would, I would, I would, you know, stack San Francisco. Um, you know, just a little tip. So that's it for us, KG. You got anything else? Yeah, I want to say this because you talk about FanDuel every week. I want to know: Did you see the article where the gentleman thought he won a million dollars and they changed uh, a sack in the <laughs> Monday night game? <laughs> Uh, uh, it was the Chicago, uh, um, L.A., the yep, Rams, yep, and they yep. changed the sack to a three-yard loss. So he went from being a millionaire, he to went out, 3, walked the door, $3,000. <laughs> I mean, still good. Still no, good. It, that ain't but, good. That ain't no, good. It, it ain't a million dollars, though. But that he ain't just good. knew That's he had. Now, if if it was a $20,000 prize and you dropped down to 3000 okay, but a million dollars is life-changing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And he had called his parents and oh every he goodness. called everybody. And he was like, oh, I won a million dollars. Man, and can you imagine winning that, going for a walk on your door, you calling everybody and you call your boss and be like, man, I always wanted to tell you something. And then some whole lot of uh, bad words I can't say on the air. And then you have to call <laughs> him back and say, look, man, you know, I thought it was April Fool's, but it's actually Halloween. I got my Holidays mixed up, man. Tap dancing going on there, boy. Oh my I, goodness. Look, you gotta use the celebrity the, the celebrity excuse. I was hacked. Yeah, I was hacked. I don't know. My son got my phone, so but uh let's get out of here, man. We appreciate y'all listening. Like always, please uh like and subscribe. We're on Anchor, we're on all your favorite podcast platforms, uh Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, sideline junkies. Um, drop us a line, sideline junkies 24-7 at Gmail. And um, that's all we got. Enjoy your week eight NFL Sunday, and we will catch you on what was it, Tuesday night flight, KG? Yes, sir. And that's it for us. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. See ya.